0: Friend of the show, Peter Kahn, covers boxing for Forbes. Good morning, Peter. How are you, man?
1: And how are you? Staying safe?
0: Oh, uh, doing all right, man. Yeah, we're doing all right. Socially distancing uh, from everybody, so you know we're we'll making making out okay. How are you? Uh, how are you and the family holding up?
1: Good. You know, we're here at home. Um, we're at home, like twenty-four-seven.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's that, <laughs> that's the times right now, man. So uh, when I reached out to you yesterday asking you to come on the show to talk about this, w- one is because I know you are you're kind of got your your arms all over the place when it comes to the sport as far as covering it with uh, with managing and all that stuff. I know that you you have a lot of contacts within the sport, so I thought you'd be a great person to kind of shed some light on, on all this. I did not know that you had already come out with a piece uh, in Forbes uh, regarding this, which is, I guess, the impact that uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 is is having on fighters, and you obviously have a – a big personal uh big personal touch to this, so I guess from your perspective, what has these last two weeks been like really, not even two weeks really been like uh, as far as uh, the fight games concerned and, and and really what's the what's the the tone right now in the sport amongst people trying to run it?
1: I mean, the tone is uncertainty, right I mean at, at when this whole thing started um, and this domino effect started to take place, uh, it started with Top Rank deciding to cancel their shows that were to be headlined by Shakur Stevenson and uh, Michael Conlon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was at first the idea that they were going to do it in front of uh, no audience. They were the first to talk about having Madison Square Garden and then uh, the theater, uh, the Hulu theater, at Madison Square Garden basically empty. Then that quickly transitioned into, they just didn't have adequate ability to test people that would be there, including the fighters, production, uh, you know, top rank staffers. So that combined with just uh, Madison Square Garden and the state of New York, uh, they decided to cancel that show. That then just set in just one after one, shows started canceling, PBC show canceled, I believe that was in Maryland. Um, then the show that I was going to be a part of, uh, last Thursday in Atlantic city, which was going to feature the number three rated lightweight in the world, Emmanuel Tago, whom I manage and, uh, Logan Holler, a female 154 pounder. They were, they were slated to fight on that show. Um, and that got canceled. Uh, and you know, I have just these guys in camp, uh, Chris Van Heerden's show. He was set to actually be on the ESPN broadcast. 17 in oklahoma that's the top ring show mm-hmm. uh that was canceled um uh, george Cambosis is scheduled to fight may 9th in a very important fight uh, and all these people i manage right so george is supposed to fight lee selby it's an ibf final eliminator yeah. the winner of that fight well let me ask you about George. mandatory
0: well, let me ask yeah. you about george because yeah he has a, a big fight coming up where you know if he wins this he's gonna you know fight the winner of uh, tfm lopez and uh, lomachenko and his fights in may his fight is scheduled you know for may 9th. so Pretty far down, pretty far down the road. And, and I saw that you said Eddie Hearn is, is, is already saying like, yeah, probably not, probably not. And so I mean, for everybody who thinks that, yeah. uh, you know, this is going to get uh, maybe picked up after a couple months shut down, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like things are going to get back to normal, even, uh, even in early springtime or even uh, in late springtime.
1: In boxing right now, the idea, and, and you're right. I mean, in boxing, the idea is that the earliest this is going to pick up is June. And that's kind of wishful thinking. Uh, in the meantime, like like we were talking about George, he's been in camp training. Uh, George lives in Sydney, Australia. Yep. So, you know, last week I had to get Emmanuel Tago to the airport so he can go back to Accra, Ghana, where he's from. He was here for four months in camp since November nineteenth. He had had a previous cancellation. He incurred about fifteen thousand dollars in expenses and training expenses uh you know thankfully, Lou DiBella uh stepped up and uh paid tago's purse hundred percent of his purse money wow. even though he didn't fight and and that's you know promoters aren't obligated to do that and I guess we can preface this I should have prefaced this by saying when I wrote the story, yeah, I manage fighters. I write combat. I I write boxing. I'm a contributor for Forbes. I have the fight guys, YouTube channel, So we're always talking to people. You know, we even spoke to Javante Davis last night. So, which is up on the fight guys. Um, You know, the, the thing about it is that these promoters, if fighters don't fight, they don't get paid and the promoters are not obligated to pay them unless they cross those scales at the weigh-in and then the fights canceled. So Lou, you know, really stepped up and look—he has a lot at stake. Just like George, Tago's in prime position to fight for the lightweight title. So uh, then I have, you know, I have Nika Seknashvili here from Georgia, the country. He's uh, with Top Rank. He's five and zero at four KOs. Doesn't speak English. Um, he's living in the one-bedroom condo that we have for him in camp. He's—he was scheduled to fight on the April seventeenth show with Chris Van Heerden on that show. And now he's just here can't train. You know, city of Fort Lauderdale uh, closed the gyms, so even you know, like you mentioned earlier in the show, Javier Centeno, uh, who owns Sweatbox Boxing, where my fighters train, which is where the training camp is. Um, they can't, they can't even train. So yeah, they're like, out, like if you just, see his
0: Instagram, like they're out in the park hitting mitts. But that's, I mean, how much, I mean, how much yeah. can that get you ready for a fight?
1: Well, Here's if you're getting ready for a fight that's supposedly going to take place May 9th, you just need the traditional camp environment where you have your sparring. You can't be out at at, you know, at the you can't be at Vista View Park running hills and doing mitts. I mean, this is not you know, it's a way to stay in shape, but this is not a way to train for a fight.
0: And it's also it's also I mean, you're talking about a guy who this, is, this could be a life changing fight for George, too, where it's not. You know, uh, it is a
1: life changing fight, and, absolutely. And,
0: and so you don't want to half ass that and not have all the resources at hand uh, when it comes to getting ready for it. it it's it, it, I, I can't. It's it's a really really tough position they're all put in. Um, but for all your guys who are international that are here training already, what are the odds that some of them are going to get to go home? And I guess you know at least have some kind of normalcy until they can until the the the. The, uh, the green light is given for them to train again. So
1: uh, back in uh, is back in Ghana. Uh, Van Heerden was here for eight days starting camp, was sparring with Ulusinov, who was going to be fighting on the same day on, on, a, uh, on the matchroom show. So it was excellent timing. Chris is now back in Los Angeles. Uh, George is still here in a holding pattern waiting, but you know he needs to go back to Australia. Um, and then, you know, Nika, th- you know, there was an issue with Georgia closing its borders, even for returning Georgian nationals. So we didn't do anything. We just, we're just keeping him here. I mean, he'd have to go into a two week forced quarantine there anyway. So we're just keeping him here. But, you know, this just has an overall, uh, major effect on boxing in general. So May 2nd for Canelo's not taking place. Uh, a lot of these other fights that were just going to be, you know, things that people had been looking forward to, it just pushes everything back. It also changes the lives of these undercard fighters that, you know, aren't making the big money. Like in the story that I published, I wrote, most people don't understand, you know, the average 10 round fighter is making probably $20,000 per fight. Uh, the average world champion is ranging from 16 weight classes in boxing. Okay. So it ranges from a hundred thousand to Canelo's 35 million. Right. So, yeah, the top one percent are the ones that are making the millions of dollars. The rest of the guys, you know, there's just there's no organized league. There's no uh, governing body. So there's just there's just nothing that can help them when they don't fight. I mean, they just they count on fighting three times a year uh, until they get their big opportunities. And a lot of these guys can't even go out and get regular jobs because they're they're stuck at home. So it puts a big financial strain on them. And the other thing is that when fights ramp back up, everybody needs to go back into training mode. A lot of these guys try to stay within 15, 20 pounds of their fighting weight. And if they're stuck inside, they're not even staying in the gym. A lot of these guys are just getting depressed. I mean, there's a long-lasting effect, and everyone's going to have to kind of like reset and and get back in the groove. I mean, look, talking about Javier, Javier has um, this – uh, this new, um, new, you know, new person he's training, Cambry Schroeder, who's an uh, 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 influencer on social media. Uh, fit with Cambry. Um she's very popular. She's going to be making her pro debut this year, and and now that just got started, and now that's getting pushed back. Uh, and she has a lot of potential, so it's just all over the place. I mean, it's just everything in the sport is is really at a standstill.
0: How much, how much is uh, is the issue going to be of getting? boxing just completely going again because a lot of the talk is, and what I mean by that is um you know the talks in the NBA and, and and maybe with major league baseball are they're gonna be able to do this and they're gonna be able to do it without fans in the building at least try and control it somewhat. Dana White's talking a little bit about that, but a lot of these people they have, you know, big guaranteed television contracts. Um and and, and it seems with boxing that the gate and, and the amount of fans that are in the stands is, is a big deal as far as, you know, fighters getting paid and all that stuff. So is it is it uh, possible for boxing to get to to do this, and is it smart for boxing to even get it off the ground if they can't come all the way back with not only doing the fights and broadcasting, but being able to have people in the stands so they can you know make all the money that goes to that you know somewhat a lot of times goes to the fighters.
1: Yeah, I mean the gate's a very important piece. I think of boxing uh, maybe more so than other sports because what happens is you know a lot of people don't know that when a fight takes place at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Uh, what will happen is the MGM will pay a site fee. So they'll buy all the, They basically buy out the tickets and they'll pay the promoter uh, a site fee. So the promoter is basically paid in advance uh, for the gate. And then, you know, the, the hotel and casino will use that. They'll sell the tickets. They'll use it for high rollers. You know, they'll use it how they, how they see fit. Sometimes when a promoter knows that they're, that they stand to make a large gate, they can do some sort of partnership deal or they'll just basically, you know, buy, they'll just basically rent the building like for uh wilder fury 2, Uh It was the third largest gate ever in Nevada history for a heavyweight championship fight. So, you know, the fans rewarded top rank and PBC for making the fights that they want to see by paying top dollar uh, to go to the fight. I think it was like an average $1,200 and change ticket. So to your point, the gate is, is, is very important, especially for some of these smaller shows. I mean, that is a way that promoters offset costs. It, it's not just television or streaming. So they need it to survive. You know, they need it to be able to move on, especially for some of the smaller shows. I mean, a club show where these fighters are being built, some of the smaller ESPN and Zone and Showtime and Fox shows, they need to have fans in those seats uh, in order to be able to, you know, have that go towards the bottom line.
0: We're talking to Peter Kahn, uh, of course, a boxing contributor for uh, for for Forbes, and also, uh, you know, manages many boxers down here in South Florida and and around the world. As uh, he's been pointing out, to is is there you know amongst the talk of people in the industry, is, is there a, a thought of man, if we can get it going back here, you know, maybe a, a Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder uh, kind of being the kickoff sometime in the summer? Is there is there a target date that's being bantied about that seems that seems realistic or a big event that seems uh, where where things can kind of get back to normal that's uh that seems to be the most popular one maybe of of people thinking okay we're going to resume things here
1: you know it's a good question I, I mean it's such a fluid situation uh, i talked to all the promoters you know i'm in constant contact with top rank and with matchroom and DiBella and golden boy and i think that originally they were thinking that they can push canelo back to june uh, i think that the fury wilder 3 fight that's slated for july 18 uh, that's probably hopefully going to, uh, go off, uh, as scheduled, but if you really look at it, I mean, I think that Canelo, uh, was going to be the next big fight that we kind of had, uh, on the schedule for May 2nd, which, you know, the Cingo de Mayo weekend, which is a big weekend for him. Uh, I, I was talking to, like I said, Gervonta Davis last night, uh, he's fighting Leo Santa Cruz that dates up in the air. That's going to be his first pay-per-view, uh. I, it's just, you know, look, Teofimo Lopez and Vasilo Lomachenko were scheduled for May 30 at Madison Square Garden. That's not happening. Now, even though people haven't come out and said it's not happening, that they didn't say that it's not not happening. I mean, they're not happening. Like, these fights aren't happening. You, you can't no just give a guy two occasion. weeks' notice. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you can't say, okay, yeah, it's happening. I mean, they can't even go train. You can not train. You can not spar. You, you can't even prepare. I mean, in, in a pay-per-view... Needs seventy to ninety days of proper promotion. So anyone that thinks that these fights are going to go off as scheduled, it's just unrealistic. But it just sets everything back. It changes timetables. Uh, then you have uh, the act of God clauses in promoters' contracts. But of course, you know that's where a lot. Look, fighters need to fight. They need to stay active. They're, the promoters are obligated to keep them busy. I'm going to. I'm wondering to see where this kind of falls into that situation you know
0: certainly so all right we're up against it man i gotta i gotta break but uh we appreciate your insight on it and, and hopefully we'll do it again down the line kind of getting an update on the story and whatnot
1: anytime I, look i'm here i'm not going anywhere <laughs>
0: all right that's peter Kahn. always appreciate him giving us time for the show when we come back you'll hear my conversation with uh shannon the cannon briggs we're back right after this